welcome back to the FKT Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Anderson. Today, we're chatting with Joe McConaughey. Joe has attempted or set multiple FKTs in all three disciplines, unsupported, self-supported, and supported. And he's here to talk about the nuances of each of these categories, as well as why precedent matters. So let's dive in. Thanks for coming on the show, Joe. Awesome. Heather, so good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. When I look at your FKT resume and also, you know, your running is really incredible to me. I mean, your FKTs range from the 100K distance about all the way up to 2,600 miles. <laughs> so obviously you're a really well-rounded athlete, but it also gives you this really tremendous insight to the world of FKTs. So today I'd like to start out by just having you tell us how you got into FKTs in the first place. Google, you know, the good old Googs <laughs> back in the day. I guess my first interest in the idea of FK, it wasn't really the idea of FKTs, but started when I like map quested a, a, a route on I-5 to run from Seattle to Orange County when I was like 12. And I was like, that is so cool. And a terrible idea, you know, running down a highway. Right. Um, yeah, right. I'm, and like, I was like a Boy Scout in the Pacific Northwest. And I hiked on the Pacific Crest Trail. And I don't know what I was thinking. Heather, like, <laughs> the I-5 just sounded way more appealing. Yeah, apparently, right. I was like, I, <laughs> like, there's literally a trail that does that, Joe. So anyway, when I was in college, I, I hadn't been on a backpacking trip for a long time, for years, because I, I ran in college. And it's a three-sport discipline. So the only... Things you get off are summers, but in summers, you're building up training for cross country. So I basically didn't go backpacking for four years. And I was also in Boston and I was like, oh, I want to get back to like Pacific Northwest mountains and, and some kind of hiking experience before I become a full-fledged adult who has a job and a career and is never going to have stuff like time for stuff like that. But my initial idea was I was going to run on the PCT and backpack for two weeks. I was like, oh, I'll combine two things I love. So I Googled run the Pacific Crest Trail and that you know, was the wormhole that mm -hmm. got me down into FKT. So then a year and a half later, I went after the PCT FKT. It wasn't pretty by any means, which I was also super inspired by your effort because I was uh, <laughs> like a fan fanboy moment, which I, I just don't know if I've ever told you this. I probably have, but I was uh, like, you know, I looked at it like a year and a half out and I was like, okay, I have to average like 41 miles per day, something around that to... Mm -hmm set the FKT. And then all of a sudden, there's a new supported and new self-supported FKT, which of course with you. And I was like, okay, I guess I just have to do 24 <laughs> miles a day. Like, you know, a 22-year-old, I was like, yeah, I guess it you know, doesn't really change anything. I just go a little further. <laughs> Three extra miles, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Right. I run, <laughs> I run that in 20 minutes. Uh, that's how, That was my dumb thinking going into the PCT. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to not know what you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I work as a running coach. And with that, there's some wild requests or, or uh, adventures people want to go on, maybe I'll call them. And like, you know, it's so easy to write people off. And then I think of myself as a 22 year old. And I was like, well, just because you haven't necessarily been there doesn't mean you're going to fail, you know, but right. yeah, it does make it yeah a lot harder. <laughs> right, for sure. So can you tell me a little bit about your personal progression then from this 22 year old who's like thinking, well, 41 versus 43 miles a day, no big deal to like where you are now? Yeah, so big, big trajectory. Uh, and, you know, again, thank you for continuing to be that inspiration because, you know, when I looked at your effort on the PCT, I was like, oh, the only thing that would be cooler than doing the PCT supported in the way that I'm doing it with a crew and people helping me out. I basically had three buddies from college and they were like, road trip, came along <laughs> and 
and had a great time. That's a whole nother story, which I don't think what we'll dive into on the podcast. But at the end of the PCT, I was like, I'm never doing another FKT again. I don't have to be a runner again because I was a D1 athlete. So I was like, you know, running his life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I never have to do this stuff again. And then I got back into running slowly over time. But the idea that stuck with me was, oh, I never want to do this again. But if I were to do it again, what Heather did was pretty rad. And I'd want to do a self-supported long trail and the original long trail, not necessarily, there is actually the long trail. <laughs> right. Not the original long, you the know, other American, original long trail. The original long trail is the Appalachian Trail. And I'd mm-hmm. want to do that self-supported. And clearly you can do it. And in my opinion, it was like no one had done it well. And so that led me to do the AT in 2017. And then immediately after that, no, in 2015 too, I also tried for the long trail. I tried it unsupported and I, my knee blew up. This was the year after the PCT. It went horribly. So that was an experience that happened. Wasn't very fun or pretty, but got me somewhere. And then, uh, and then after I did the AT, you know, the long trail was kind of one of the next major ones I'd wanted on my radar. And I also started running, I got sponsored after the Appalachian Trail. And they basically, you know, pitched me on this project of where I I could do an, you know, an FKT anywhere in the world. And the idea of like UK rounds. So like the, the, um, uh, why am I blanking on all the rounds right now? Like the the Bob Graham. Thank you. Yeah. The the Bob Graham. Well, the Wicklow, obviously I was going to reference the Wicklow, but yeah. So anyway, lots of, lots of rounds out there, which is a really cool style. And so the Wicklow round, you know, I'm part Irish McConaughey. So I was like, that'd be pretty cool to kind of go back to Ireland and, uh, and go for that. So that's, that's the kind of shortest FKT I've done, which is in 2018, I think. And then I did the long trail in 2020, like right as a lot of the black rights stuff was going on. That was a really weird experience to like be on a trail and doing something like that while like half of the nation or a part of the nation is kind of in protests, you know, active protests. Uh, And I did that. I tried to do it unsupported, ended up unknowing, like without thinking about it, taking water and being self-supported. And then I came through after that and did the Arizona Trail supported. So that's like an 800 mile trail. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of, you know, I guess would be my journey from the FKT side. And along that way, I've also gotten really into ultra marathons and, um, and, you know, kind of, fine-tuning my my speed and fitness and kind of shorter single-day efforts, which I think has been super important to my FKT experiences. That's uh, quite the journey, for sure. It's like, yeah. I don't feel like most people start with 2,600 and like work down to the 100K, Little you know? Like, <laughs> no. no, they don't. Yeah. So you mentioned this, you know, and this brings me kind of to my first question about the the nuances of of FKTs and style and precedent and stuff. You mentioned how you went after the long trail unsupported and then you finished and we're like, I took all this time off the unsupported record. And then like later you're like, Oh, actually that's a self-supported record. So can can you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, the nuances between self-supported and unsupported? Cause I think those get confused a lot. Yeah, I think they get confused. And I think everybody wants their experience to be the right experience or to have their intuitions kind of be what everyone else should be doing or recognized in a way that should be, you know, quote unquote, right. Yeah, it's a it's a super interesting conversation and topic and one that I think will always have some source of discrepancy or controversy or, or change too, right? I think that's one of the coolest things about 
FKTs is like the entity of fastest known times, Peter and Buzz, they've always listened to what people have said and made changes when changes felt right or they were right or they were you know, advocated in force by the, by the community who participated in it, right? So unsupported, just, you know, baseline, unsupported, the general idea behind it is, hey, I want to go to from point A to point B, and I'm going to be totally self-reliant on everything I do to get there. Whereas self-supported is, hey, I want to get from point A to point B, and I want to be totally self-reliant, kind of like a through hiker would on a long trail. But, you know, the nature of my effort there are certain things that I can plan ahead of time or certain on-trail resources or off-trail resources that I can use to make this event feasible and doable that otherwise might not make it possible. You know, this it's so simple to talk about self-supported and unsupported in the context of the Pacific Crest Trail where, yeah, who's going 60 days carrying all their own food and water and not picking up any food supplies right. where, you know, as a self-supported effort, you know, you rely on trail towns, you rely on... Uh, other trail resources. There are other hikers that are out there that you kind of, you know, will interact with and meet. Uh, but at the end of the day, you want to be self-reliant and you're not having any kind of intentional aid or support that isn't normally granted to somebody in those circumstances as a hiker. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times, like, that's kind of how I, I frame it in my head too, is just like self-supported is a subset of unsupported that is makes it not that you can't do self-support efforts on shorter trails, but I think of it predominantly for like these longer efforts where being unsupported would be totally untenable. And so self-supported is a way to go unsupported. However, you have to like obtain things along the way. And so that's kind of how I hold it in my head. It used to be super confusing to me as well. Like which was which. Probably as through hikers, we have an easier context understanding it Mm -hmm. because it's like we've been there, you know, (laughs) so maybe That could be part of part of our thinking too. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I think that that makes a lot of sense. You've obviously done, or at least attempted, because you thought the long trail was unsupported, uh, all the different you know modalities. And so I'm kind of curious, what's been your favorite like way to tackle an FKT? You know, they're honestly so different. After the AT, I felt a little more purist and being like, yeah, self-supported or unsupported is like the way to go, right? It's like the difference of like, you know, the amateur versus professional type thing. It's like, yeah, if you're being supported, to some extent, you're going to, there's going to be like an arms race. So the person who has the best NASCAR pit crew is going to do us, you know, the best supported, potentially, you know, supported FKT on a long trail at some point versus like, yeah, it's kind of an even playing field, or there's that limiting factor being self-supported. However, doing the like, Arizona trail supported, it reminded me of just like how much fun, fun it is doing, you know, that's something you hear from people who, who talk about kind of like some of the unsupported and self-supported rules of just like, well, why can't I have so-and-so share this experience? It's like, yeah, cause it's, it's, it is so joyful and fun and community building. Like I have the people who helped me out on the Arizona trail is like two of the same people from the PCT. It's my brother. And it's a guy who I met through ultra running, who I coach, who's also super into this type of stuff. So it's all these people in these similar overlapping worlds. And it's just like a road trip with your best friend, but like it's, it's very intentional and you're super intentional, but your crew is just kind of aimless when they're not helping you. You know, they're just kind of like, right. ah, yeah, we're having fun messing around. Oh yeah, we got to be on because Joe's here. And right. we're also <laughs> sleeping two hours a night, just like you are. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, like all the three, I guess, you know, the cop-out answer, I, I think after all these experiences, I do actually 
pretty sincerely feel like I like all three styles. I like self-supported the most from a you know true quote unquote athlete side of things because I think it you have to be the the most full multifaceted athlete or hiker or runner or backpacker to be successful doing that. So I think that's a really cool challenge. Like, you know, that's kind of like the extreme end of things, you know, realistically being like seeing people do the Colorado trail, you know, like nine days, totally unsupported is a really cool effort. And it's like, yeah, you have to be so dialed to Mm -hmm. do that really, really well. However, you know, FKTs are also fun and they're kind of like self-expression is how I think about it. And it's like, it's very fun to share self-expression with people you love. So I don't know. I have cop out yeah. and like all three. <laughs> no, I think that's great. I think it's great. I mean, I feel like you've had like really good crew experiences too, because I've definitely talked to people who do not have uh, positive crew experiences. And so I think that that can really change how you view uh, supported <laughs> versus self-supported. I-, I think that there's a place for all. And I mean, I think that that's one of the great things I like about fastest known times is that not only are there routes for everybody, but there's ways to take on a route for everybody. Because, you know, like, I'm not ever gonna like, win something in a flat out like running speed race. I'm just not but like, I can do things that are long and tough and like, be self reliant and be efficient, like I'm a good self motivator. So, you know, tackling things in an unsupported or self supported manner, like, helps me like achieve something that I wouldn't like if FKTs were literally just one one thing and the fastest you go and it doesn't matter how you get there like it would really rule out a lot of people's access to FKTs so you're not going back for a supported AT attempt anytime soon (laughs) I I don't think so I mean I don't know I'm never gonna say never you know (laughs) (laughs) Um, maybe as I get older supported will be the way to go when I don't want to carry a backpack anymore so (laughs) Too much back chafing over the years. Yeah, exactly. I have the unsupported monkey on my back because I have attempted unsupported twice and failed both times. And like, at some point, I must complete an unsupported FKT. (laughs) So after that, then we can talk about supported efforts. There we go. There we go. (laughs) One at a time, which is super important. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, I think one thing I feel very lucky about from my career is there were like, it's three years between the PCT and AT. Like, I'm really glad I didn't go like PCT and was like, all right. Now I'm ultra running monster and I'm going to just get, you know, super intense or this is 100% my focus. I think it was probably really healthy for me to have step, which is mostly just because I needed a job. I think it's really easy. And you, I hear a lot of people kind of, you know, looking at a trail and being like, yep, PCT, FKT or AT, that's where it's at. I need to do that. Where it's like, no, like you should build and develop into this. I feel like that's more sustainable. Anyway, it's a small aside. So you got into this sport in 2014, which is basically the year after I did. And it seems like another lifetime ago, <laughs> uh, just because FKTs are growing so rapidly. And so I'm kind of curious if you could talk a little bit about the changes that you've seen just since you started out in the FKT world, and maybe a little bit about the direction you see FKTs going or that you hope that they go. A lot has changed since 2014 when I got into the FKTs. Some of the things that I like about the changes since then, I, I think it's you know great just how many more people are going after FKTs. It's super cool and inspiring and fun. And it's just great. It's it's still like a community, right? Like a lot of the people who do FKTs, you know, people just come from such different backgrounds. And it just kind of has a, even though, you know, 
it's all, it's all recorded online. It's not like we're going to the same events or meeting the same people, but it's just a really cool network of people who go after it. And it seems like a lot of the people who go after FKTs also are interesting and more interested in kind of the experience rather than the like validation of it. So I think FKTs have grown, but they've grown sort of sustainably, you know, and part of that is like the new web, the website that's gone up and the way that it's continued to be tracked and also developed over time changes to how FKTs are approved and supported, like not allowing film crews on unsupported attempts, right, or self-supported attempts. I think that's great because it it really does in my mind, kind of alter the effort somebody's going for. So I think FKTs have grown in the right direction, which is awesome. And there's this super cool community of people doing it. That's just really fun and exciting. Some of the things that have changed, you know, like I see less people. I remember when I was going back to the PCT, it was like, okay, I need to talk with the people who have done the FKT before me and let them know that I'm doing it. And like, if I don't tell them, then like, I don't even know if I should be doing like allowed to do it. Right. Um, so it was super important to have that like communication channel and to kind of know who came before you and to establish that relationship. And, you know, like when it's come to my like, I think on the long trail, probably seven people went for self-supported last year. I think I heard from like two or three of them, maybe, um, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of a bummer a little bit. Additionally, you know, I think there has started to become a little bit of dissonance of like, the FKT stamp of, hey, this is an FKT versus, hey, I'm doing this for my own experience. And I don't totally agree with these rules. Like when I felt like when I first started, there was a a communication and debate over rules. Whereas especially I think social media changes that right, because you can post whatever you want to say to your own group of people, and they will validate you in some capacity. And I think there's a little bit of of dissonance between you know, the guidelines and what people think the guidelines should be, and not in a uniform way, right? Like the film crew one's a great example, because you get a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, 100%, you should have be allowed to have a film crew on a self supported effort. Because you know, that how else can we document and share and celebrate what that person's doing? Like, oh, that's a really great spirit. Like, that's a true, you know, like, yeah, I can't totally disagree with that. But on the flip side, I'm also like, well, like, what if that film crew is actually sneaking you candy bars like Bear Grylls and all of a sudden you have somebody abusing the rules and there's no way to, you know, it's just a super easy slippery slope or Mm -hmm. yeah, what's the difference between somebody going out and cheering you on and giving, you know, and just being there and seeing you versus walking with you for a little bit and all of a sudden you're, you know, somebody could easily be a pacer uh, or you could go down that logical like loophole, right? So I think those types of debates are really hard to have consensus on and will continue to kind of alienate some people from FKTs. And also, I think there's a little bit of like a rebellious streak. And and this mostly probably comes from like the through hiker community. But there's that like rebellious streak of the through hiker community that's like, hike your own hike, do your own thing. And, you know, there's definitely some people that come to mind that are, you know, that I can think of that are kind of like, I'm out here for my experience. And like, whether it's validated or not by them doesn't really matter to me. And they say that and practice that, but at the same time, they also want to be involved in the FKT community. And it's kind of a tricky, you know, that's a tricky situation to be in because it's like, hey, how do you recognize the, do you recognize those people who make up their own rules or play by different rules? And how do you make that like a functioning body? That's one of the really, some of the, I think the harder developments in FKTs and that we'll continue to see 
is just that nuance and really the general agreement by everyone who participates in it or doesn't participate in it, right? Because some people are like, yeah, I don't need an FKT. I'm just out here doing my thing. And I'm going to do this in the way that I enjoy the most. So anyway, that's my like, you get those 8 million tangents, Heather. I'll let, I've talked for like a year. I'll let you <laughs> pick where you want to go with all that ammo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think those are all really good points. And I think it is important to remember that the FKT, like quote unquote rules have always been community based and they've always been adaptive and responsive. I mean, we've definitely have guidelines, but those have definitely always been something that have changed and, and sometimes they could apply differently depending on the trail or the route just because of the challenges of a specific route. I think used to be unsupported meant you could only take water from natural sources but then if you're doing like an unsupported effort on something like the Arizona Trail, where there's literally no water except for a water faucet in a campground, like it makes it it's either impossible to do an unsupported record, you know, because you go 100 miles between natural water <laughs> or, you know, you have to allow that water faucet. So it is very interesting to me, like how even though there are rules in place, there is still this like place for adaptability. And I think that's where precedent comes in. Yeah. And I know for me, precedent has always been extremely important when I take on an FKT. And so I'm kind of curious if you go talk about the role precedent has played in your FKTs and and how you see that in FKTs as a whole. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? Because there's precedent, there's like, you know, parks regulations, and then there's what people who are actually experiencing these things, uh, you know, like through hikers are doing. And it's a weird combination of all those three things, right? For me, precedent should always be king because you're going after somebody else's effort. It was done on a trail in a certain style under certain criteria that they followed. It may slightly deviate from the guidelines or be more strict than the guidelines even. However, those are the challenges that someone else faced to do it. So precedent for me is always kind of king because it sets that standard for everybody going forward. But at the same time, I, I am conflicted with that a little bit, right? Like, I know, like people have done the JMT FKT without a bear can, right? Mm -hmm. And JMT requires a bear, like any through hiker is required to have a bear can. And so is it like, oh, because you're going for an FKT, or because you're not traditionally backpacking? Are you do these rules not apply to you? Are you some special entity, right? And I'm kind of like, probably not like mm -hmm. people doing the JMT should probably have a bear can because we're not better than right. Like that, like hike your own hike, I also think about. And it's like, if we have different rules than a through hiker that are less stringent, you know, that where we get certain things relaxed, it feels inherently wrong to me, which that can change precedent, right? Another example of that is like, I'm super interested in sort of like off trail high routes. And one thing that happened after I did the Wicklow round, Wicklow round wasn't like a FKT, right? It was a, the Irish Mountain Running Association had this local challenge that then FKTs came along and gave like a framework to it. And after I did it, because I had like a GPS watch, after I did it, they had a rule that didn't allow anyone to use a GPS watch on Wicklow round FKTs going forward because they want you to navigate to each individual peak without, you know, basically you go over, I forget what the exact number, like 28 peaks. And they want you to navigate to each peak. There's a lot of off trail and route finding in that. They want you to not have GPS aid on those. And so, and you know, I'm kind of like, yeah, kick ass Irish Mountain Running Association, like enforce that, you know, it's a really mm -hmm. cool 
challenge to go through all those peaks. And sometimes you might hit fog. Sometimes you'll be, you know, behind tree line. But that's a really cool, unique challenge of that route. In the same way in, you know, high routes in the U.S., where it's like, oh, it would be super cool if everybody did the Wind River high route without any GPS aid, right? But mm -hmm. that's not the precedent. But you could set that as a precedent going forward. And I think it would be a super cool way to to do that route because it is more authentic. To, I don't know. Not, it's not really more authentic, right? But I really like that challenge. And it's just an extra skill set you have to have for something like that. So anyway, long story short, yes, precedent, super important. And I think it's worth examining those precedents and talking about those precedents. And if things change over time, how do you account for those changes for future people doing an FKT? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when I think of issues with precedent, you know, it used to be like, do I get to ride in a car or not to get my resupplies? You know, because I know like when right before I set my PCT FKT, Scott Williamson established that precedent of like, oh, I'm not going to ride in a car. And then before I set the AT record, you know, Matt Kirk did the same thing. So when I went to the Arizona Trail, I did it and set that precedent because I'm like, dang it, like <laughs> nobody's walking riding in a car nobody's now. In car. Cars are yeah. bad. Yeah. 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 You know, but um, now, I mean, so much of the precedent discussion revolves around route choice you know and you mentioned the pct and it's like the perfect example because of fires and fire closures every year it's really hard to even determine precedent and now we have different precedent for supported efforts on the pct than we do on self-supported efforts on the pct just because of what has been done with regard to that <laughs> which is tough <laughs> yeah and so, yeah, it, it leaves like this like question of what point, like you mentioned, like when does the precedent change and like how does that evolve and, and how do we deal with that? Um, yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's, I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> there's, no, there's no easy answer, right? Like when I, when I think of the PCT and when I think of like what makes the PCT, the PC, like one, like anyone who's doing the PCT, you're going to get a through hiker experience, right? And like you feel, even though you do it in a very different style, inevitably, even supported, you know, you get that like, oh, this is a through the through hiker community, and I am imposing and also in at the same time the through hiker community that's going through this journey. And so for me, when I look at the PCT, it feels, but it's also funny to compare with through hikers because there's also like nuances that through hikers do that mm -hmm. like FAT, like on the Arizona Trail, I had to go through 30 ish miles of like shin to waist deep snow on my supported effort and just post hole through the whole thing, like north of the Grand Canyon. And there were no footprints. There was no tracks or anything, right? And I got through and I met hikers on the end of that snowy section. I was like, oh man, what did you think about that snow? And they're like, oh, like, didn't you just road walk on the highway that's like perfectly plowed? And the whole time I'm within probably like visual distance of the highway and just thinking mm -hmm. like how much easier this could be if I weren't actually following the trail, <laughs> right? Right. So uh, when I think of like the PCP, you know, it's really hard, but I, I do think that like continuous footpath piece is really important. And I really like the don't get in a car precedent as well, because it puts that extra standard of proof on the person doing it, that they're sort of self-powered through this whole effort. And for me, it's like a really... Like, I'm, maybe I'm a little bit, like, suspicious of people, but it would be so easy to hitch into town with someone that was actually, like, supported aid. And it's a really slippery slope, you know? It's like, oh, well, what's the difference between, you know, a random car shows up on the road, drives Heather into town, and then back to the PCT. It's like, oh, well, how, how do we know that person wasn't actually organized by Heather? 
they weren't getting food while they're in the car and getting these other you know support things and it's also just cooler right it's pretty badass to say like i hiked into every single town on the pct and mm-hmm. i didn't jump in a car once but i like that those precedent pieces of the pct and when it comes to route finding you know i think a continuous footpath piece is important and the tricky part that we're in right now is you know the current route there's no easy continuous footpath that makes that much sense which what kind of like breaks the algorithm right because historically there've always been ways where you do a 30 mile road rock or you you know piece together a side network of trails and you can get around a closure but the current situation throws a next level wrench into things totally yeah absolutely um part of me even just wonders if like the pc just needs a break <laughs> it just needs right? to like, pct rest i know i've honestly yeah. had that thought too right where it's like yeah like yeah. you can't maybe you just, it's just not a year to set an fkt on it yeah yeah maybe yeah so there are definitely a lot of conundrums out there pct is obviously not the only one but it is definitely one that obviously you and i both have experience with and seems to have a lot of challenges recently and a lot of discussion about it so it'll be interesting to see how that develops and and how that goes from here yeah i think you touched on this earlier but what other challenges do you see with the rapid growth and popularity of fkts if any yeah i think the the community piece will be interesting right because it you know for a while was just like a small group of weirdos and then a new weirdo would join the group and you're like hey this person's fun right where it's like now it's so big and there's so many you know it's in different countries and there's different types of athletes who are doing it right like for the most part people who have done pct fkts until like me and carl came along i think almost everyone had through you know already through hiked the trail once and that scope will continue to grow and i think you'll also see well you already see it right there's already accolades and sponsorships and marketing dollars thrown at fkts which is inevitably going to have some kind of impact on FKTs, which I don't think we'll realize for a while, by like five or 10 years. So all of those things, I think, are some things that FKTs will have some growing pains with, um, as well as like a, a consensus on rules, because I think you'll continue to have fringe rules and people who like really it's like a, a communication thing, right? Like if you talked with FKTs or with previous record holders about how they did a certain route and how they did it, you probably would get one, get the appreciation of why they did it, but also at the very least, you would go into the effort knowing, oh, I'm doing this in some way fundamentally different than somebody else who did it before me. And I think like it's almost, it should be on the onus of the person doing it to communicate that with the person going before them because there's nobody who understands the route better than the person who set the FKT previous to you, right? Like if somebody Mm -hmm. came up to me and was like, oh, I want to do the Arizona Trail supported. Well, supported is not that great of things. Oh, so I want to do it supported. And, you know, the, I don't know, a section is burned. What if, like, would it be okay? What would you think if I took this road reroute? You know, I'd happily, I would love to talk with that person about a road reroute and say, yeah, you know, you're 10 miles shorter than the overall Arizona Trail and you skip the like Rincon Mountains. Like that seems like a, a fundamentally different experience than what I did. Right. Versus like, oh yeah, no, you still have a pretty crappy trail. You have to go up, you know, even though you're going around the ring cones, you're adding on more miles and it's different. Yeah. If you, even though it's a different route, like I totally support your effort and, you know, thinking it's a comparable effort, but of course, you know, you're not going to get that kind of involvement from everyone who set an FKT. That was one of the things that was the most meaningful to me. 
after my PCT FKT was when I met Scott Williamson in person and he validated my FKT to my face. To know that the person whose record you've broken, you know, like you said, they, they're the only ones that know the record, like what you do and what you were against, you know. And so yeah, having that interaction and that community aspect, which, you know, it is something I miss, like, but as the community grows, I mean, it becomes less possible for everybody to be as involved. But I do uh, miss that a little bit where there was a lot of interaction between previous and current record holders. And yeah, yeah that was really important to me. Carl and I hit each, other, hit each other's DMs up all the time, which is really fun. Which yeah. I'm always, I'm always like, I should be a little angry at him because he's taken my PCP and AT. <laughs> but at the same time, like, he's a fun, like, he's a fun guy to talk to. He's just like a good person. And I'm like, super stoked for him. You know, it's fun to see somebody go through what you did and push so hard. The only one that's gotten me was Joey Camps. So when mm -hmm. I did the AT, Joey Campanelli was doing the AT supported. And I met him in the in the Green Mountains in Vermont. And I was going north. So I was like, a week from being done, I was like two plus days on beating Meltzer and Jurek. And I was like, oh man, like, you know, this is going to be so cool. I just have to keep this up. I have the whites, but that can't go that wrong. And uh, Joey Campanelli, somebody comes sprinting down and yells, string bean. And I'm like, hey, no idea who it is. And he's like, dude, so inspired by you. This is rad. This is so cool. So cool to meet you. Like, I've been following you, like, super stoked. And Joey Camps, if you don't know who he is, total legend. He's like, mm -hmm. uh, for a bunch of FKTs, something always goes slightly wrong. And, but <laughs> or also, very wrong. Or very wrong. Yeah, that's true. Maybe very wrong. <laughs> but he's, like, such a great attitude and fun guy. And he's just a rad dude. But I had no idea who this was. I'd never actually met him in person. And so, you know, for a week after I finished, I couldn't figure out who the person who was going after the record of, immediately after I said it was. And I eventually realized it was Joey Camps. And it was just one of those like light bulb moments where I was like, oh, that's so cool. I can't believe I met Joey Campanelli while doing my ATFKT. And I hope he doesn't beat mine. But like, also, he's such a rad dude that it would kind of be cool if he did, even though it would kind of not be, but that's also okay. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think that there's like something very important there about like holding the record lightly. You know, um, like records are meant to be to be broken. They're meant for they're meant for that purpose. So I think it's always great to focus on what you did for yourself, but not get too hung up on, you know, holding that. I well, guess. conflicted with that, right? Because it's like, once you set an FKT, you are kind of the gatekeeper because it, you know, you're the person who knows, you're the person who kind of knows the most and experienced it the most recently and knows what detours are and mean. But at the same time, it shouldn't be up to the person who just set the FKT to like, poo poo somebody else right like right like you don't want to i don't want i wouldn't couldn't imagine like finding out joey camps did something sketchy and having to be the person you know like hey world joey campanelli isn't actually doing a self-supported fkt because you know xyz so it's a weird it's a weird uh space to be in where you know it's it's as someone who's done the fkt before you you need to be lighthearted and excited for other people but you also have kind of a responsibility to to like the integrity of it, or you, at least I have that like obligation, even though you don't have the actual responsibility of it. I don't know. It's a weird. I don't know if you've ever like experienced or feel that like how you how you feel when somebody does something on a trail that you feel like isn't within the spirit of the guidelines. Like, would you, do you have you like been vocal about things like that, or would you be vocal about something like that, or is that something that you? try not to weigh in on because it doesn't feel like your place. 
so far, I haven't really had to deal with that too much other than a few years back when there was a woman who said she broke, I think, both of our records on the AD, but it was later disproven that she had done that at all. And I mean, I definitely did speak up on that because I was just like, not necessarily like it was impossible. It was just like, what she's saying doesn't make sense. You know, it was just like, there are obvious problems with this timeline and like what she's saying. Um, But yeah, it is. It's a very uncomfortable space to be like weighing in on something because like, you don't know. But, you know, I definitely feel like when you see something that doesn't make sense, it's worth calling it into question. Um, being like, okay, well, <laughs> like, at least like, I'm curious about this. And like, let's talk about it sort of situation. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which ideally, those conversations happen with the person who did it. But it's like, it, you're never in a situation where you can have that, like, personal heart to heart conversation, like, insinuating something like that immediately would come off as like aggressive, or it'd be a clause out conversation. Which right. I'm uncomfortable with those conversations slightly to begin with. So it make I'm, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm like, the day is going to come probably where I, something like that has to happen. And I'm going to need to rise to the occasion and not care too much about, you know, the repercussions of it or yeah. the optics of it. Who knows? Yeah. I definitely think throughout all everything, the thing I've, I've learned about FKTs and I mean, really life in general, uh, is just transparency and having conversation about, what you did or didn't do, you know, and I think that that's always the good thing going forward. Yeah, to just have that transparency, whether you're attempting the record or whether you hold the record or or whether you're just weighing in about somebody else's record, <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, and the skill is being transparent without having an ego. That's a hard thing to do, but quite important. Yes, FKTs give you lots of opportunity for growth <laughs> in yeah, many ways. Awesome. Yeah, personal growth journey. <laughs> yes, totally. Do you have anything else to add to this conversation or about, you know, future FKTs you have planned or anything that you want to share? Yeah, I think to circle back on like the PCT FKT, I think this summer is a really tricky situation because there's multiple people going after it. And you messaged, I did like a uh, Instagram poll doing really official research on this stuff. Yeah, uh, super. Just trying to get, yeah, exactly. So official. It's really hard to to think of what the right answer is and there's not a right answer and i know that's also not the purpose of this podcast of like what's right or wrong but like for me i hope that people who are going after the fkt are at the very least communicating with the current record holder and talking through what they're doing and communicating if that feels right or wrong and i also hope that people are following the guidelines that have been set before them. I think the no car one is, is, well, there's someone who's looking to do the PCT who wanted to hitch or is planning, I don't know if they're planning on hitching or wants to hitch around the lion's head fire in Oregon, which to me, I'm like, I really hope that person doesn't do that. And then the the last thing that's tricky is like with the lion's head fire, you could either, your options as a through hiker are like road hike a hundred miles around a 21 mile closure and either 133 miles or 180 miles, depending if you go east or west, around a 21-mile closure that would cut off a total of 80 miles. Hitchhike around one way, right, is one option. These are just all your plausible options. Hitchhike, you could, uh, or maybe what more what through hikers could do. You hitchhike, you do a road walk, you hike straight through it, which is currently it's like a closed a forest closure. 
um, where the national forest has closed this section of trail because of a fire that happened last year. Um, or you figure out like an alternate footpath, the whole forest on the west side is entirely closed. And on the east side, it's actually owned by the Warm Springs Reservation, which is an Indian reservation. And they have, they don't follow the same land closure policy that the National Forest does, but it's also on tribe, like private, I think, it, I don't know if it's technically private, but I do know you need permits to get on their land and to do a kind of like footpath around it. There's like permitting, there's not a straight route. It's not an easy solution or answer, right? It's pretty tough actually. So, you know, for me, like hitchhiking doesn't feel right. Road walking does feel right, but it's super ridiculous and, and probably dangerous. I do think you could road walk potentially and hit more forest roads where you're not doing as much highway road walking and not doing the full 133. Or you, you know, try to figure out an alternate footpath. Or, you know, like we talked about earlier, you just say, hey, this isn't the year to do the FKT. The trail just isn't isn't in the kind of place where you can follow the policies and maybe you do it and you do it in kind of your own way and just recognize, hey, this was done in a fundamentally different style than someone who'd done the trail before me. So that's my pitch to the community. I don't know exactly how it'll how it'll land. With the last option, I should have mentioned this, the last option being you hike straight through it, which a lot of through hikers do. So that's a tempting option. I think at FKT, people should hopefully hold themselves to like a certain standard where you're not putting yourself out there as the, the FKT if you're going through with walking through a closure, which I know there's precedent on that too, right, Heather? But but, right. Uh, but uh, I don't know if we want to go all the way down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a pretty good summary. And I mean, for those who are interested, the precedent is to not walk through the fire closure. It yeah. is to walk an alternate footpath around the fire closure or to abandon your attempt and come back later when it's open. That is the precedent for self-supported, at least on yep. the PCT specifically. Yep. So, yeah, well, thanks so much for coming on and, and talking about these issues and, and kind of just giving us your experience. Uh, I think it's super valuable and I hope it sparks some good conversation in the community for sure. You can label this one the curmudgeon episode. That can be the <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, instead of uh, Joe McConaughey, we'll say Joe the curmudgeon. That can be my new trail name. Thanks, Joe, for coming on the show. You can check out Joe's FKTs on the website, fastestknowntime.com, and follow him on Instagram at thestring.bean. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, this is Heather on the FKT Podcast.